and haters, welcome back to the Kowski Cast. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski. And I'm Rachel Stukenborg. And today we're back for another episode of Twi-Fight, the only podcast on the internet that debates the pros and cons of the Twilight Saga. This week we're breaking down chapters 13, Confessions, and chapter 14, Mind Over Matter of the first Twilight novel. And this week we have brought on a very special guest, someone who we think is perfect for what I think are clearly the cheesiest chapters we've read so far. Yep, I brought someone I brought the Jacob to my Bella, my boyfriend, Keith (laughs) Mominy. Hello, guys. <laughs> so Keith is the the werewolf tier human? Yeah, he's the better of the two, <laughs> the two <laughs> options in this story. Yeah, right. my Bella. Sure. Yeah, so Keith, you obviously have known us since high school, at least, right? Yeah. I, see, I can't remember at this point, like, who I've known since middle school and who I've known since high school. I actually know your little brother longer by about oh. a year from cross Word. country. <laughs> <laughs> That's but a yeah, bummer. we all met in high school. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keith... Somehow managed to get through his whole, you know, childhood, teenage years without reading Twilight, right? Yeah. So I have never read these books. I've never seen any of the movies. My only knowledge comes from movie trailers and then like general pop culture. And then the last, how many episodes has this been so far? Five. Five. They're out. I think at this five. Point? Yeah, five? I think there's five. So that's five episodes. Yeah. <laughs> he he hasn't listened to the last episode, which was chapters eleven and twelve. But I told him those chapters were so pointless. <laughs> it just didn't matter that he can he can catch on. It'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, we said last time that chapters 11 and 12 were like the, this meeting could have been an email of chapters. So <laughs> it really wasn't that important. I don't even remember what happened. It was a lot of just asking Bella what her favorite color was. Yeah. And then her rolling her eyes and being like, oh, what a silly question. <laughs> and then like almost plot when the blacks showed up and then not plot at all because nothing happened. Jacob and Billy showed up and nothing happened. And then she made a sandwich. Yeah. And that was That's it. That's all you missed. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So now you're all caught up. Caught up. I read these two chapters along with you guys. So um, Great. yeah, I think I'm ready. Look, I know that I'm supposed to be the pro side of this podcast and that the meadow scene is supposed to be this like really pivotal romantic chapter, but I just hate so much of the conversation in this. I don't know if I'm just like not romantic or if I'm not like, I'm not like sappy. Ooh, let me stroke your face and talk about how you're <laughs> a lamb. Like, that's just not in oh, in you, it for me. You don't do that? No, I'm more like, haha, slap your butt, kind of <laughs> like, romantic. So, yeah, I don't Girl, know. it's not you. These two chapters were a cringe fest. <laughs> they really were. They were so cringy. And surprisingly dirty. <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of stuff where if you read it the first time, and if you're, maybe if you're younger and you're reading it, you just think that they're talking about how much they love each other. But it's like very lusty. It's hella lusty. It really is. But also under the guise of a book written by a Mormon lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the whole the whole story of this chapter, at least chapter 
13 Confessions is this is what Stephanie Meyer says is the like her inspiration for writing the book was she said that she had a dream where it was these two people in a meadow who were in love and one was a vampire and one was a human and they're just laying in this meadow talking about how hard it is to be in love because one's a vampire and one's a human and so then she woke up and was like oh my gosh I should write this book and then she did the entire series is based on this scene (laughs) you know which is really sad when you've actually just read this chapter Oh my gosh. Wow. See, I would have much rather if she was like, wouldn't it be cool if I had a dream where there was this bio class and this girl walks and this guy freaks out and and then contemplates murdering her. (laughs) So that would have been fun. Anyway. We picked some good chapters for you. These are good. Yeah, the the tree chucking was probably my favorite part in this first one. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's a lot of displays of, uh, I don't know. I was going to say masculinity, but it's really just more aggression than creepiness. (laughs) So let's, let's start with chapter 13 here, Confessions. The first sentence, Edward in the sunlight was shocking. Really? I feel like there's a lot more that could be shocking. He's sparkly. That's it. Yeah. yeah. He glints like a diamond in the sun. Yeah, he does. Did you know that? Or That they were sparklies? Yeah. Um, I think so. This this wasn't surprising. A lot of things surprised me. For some reason, I, I knew from, like, <laughs> I think a movie trailer, which is like, I've noticed I get almost all my knowledge from, is, yeah, doesn't he, like, listen, kind of, like, yeah. I mean, they talk about diamonds and stuff. Is it his whole body? Yes. It, does his yes. hair glisten? Anything the light touches. I don't think his hair does, <laughs> but we talked a lot in the last chapter, which I guess you missed, because they actually drove to the meadow in the last chapter, uh-huh. and then they like hiked through the woods, and Bella took a very long time to hike through the woods, because she's so clumsy. But we talked a lot about how weird it was that he was wearing like a tank top, a button-up tank top that was all the way unbuttoned. So he's like wearing a vest, but like a t-shirt. I don't know, it was very confusing. It sounded like a button-up shirt with no sleeves, and he wore it unbuttoned. We were like, mm. I don't care how sexy you are, it's not a good look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a good look, but, but now it makes sense. He needed to do that so that we could see a lot of sparkly skin. His final form. His final form. Well, yes. So we get to, oh, that's right. So we're keeping a scale. Hold on. I need to write this down. What was base? What was first base? <laughs> it Wasn't was it a cheek, cheek stroke. stroke? Right. Oh, yeah. That was another thing oh, we about to get past a lot of, I noticed bases. Mm. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're keeping track of yeah. the vampire human base scale because it has way more than four bases. So base one was a, a nice cheek stroke. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really a cheek. It was like from my chin to my ear is how they always describe it. Like, can't you just say, like, my cheek? I mean, I don't know, whatever. Cheek stroke. <laughs> it's definitely a cheek. Okay, and then, so now we've reached second base, which is that Bella gets to touch him on his arms. <laughs> oh, the arm touch? Yeah, nice yeah, arm that touch. That checks out. That mm-hmm. checks out. I mean, didn't you guys say you had, like, 20 bases in high school? Yeah, <laughs> We had a lot. <laughs> this seems pretty equivalent. I, ha- I still have it. I don't know if it's, like, in my bedside table or something, but I found it the other day. I was using it as a bookmark for... Twilight? One of... No, <laughs> It was for one of our one of our really old, like my kindergarten yearbook is where I found oh, it. It was in there. Cute. I have no idea why it was in there. Anyway, there were a bunch on there, but it was always the kind of thing where it was like, I, it was like separate bases would be like, you hold their hand. They put their arm around you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, do a hug. <laughs> do a hug. <laughs> Did you guys do the hug last night? Did you, hug <laughs> Did you guys do the hug? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Christian side hug or full hug? Was there room for yeah. Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> room for Jesus. Anyway, I'm kind of confused about some of the anatomy things here because they say that he has veins. He's not as vascular as as Bella, but <laughs> but he's got veins. And they also say that he's like flushed after drinking the blood. So when he drinks the blood of a- 
animals? Does it like go in his veins? Yeah, I was really confused about the biology it's here. It's just filling because... up his body. Like instead of being 80% water, he's 80% blood. Yikes. I don't get it. Does, yeah. he, does he drink water? No. I don't think so. So he must just be blood inside of him. Just a big bag of blood. It's <laughs> <laughs> really weird. He must be kind of heavy then. Can he float? Yeah. I was wondering like, does he slowly just lose weight until he eats next time then? Does he digest it? Like, yeah. what's Or does he body? just like absorb it? I, I assumed he kind of just like absorbed it. It's like what is running him? I don't really know. It's the mitochondria, the powerhouse of his cells. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the only thing I remember from biology. Yeah, I don't so. know. Something that really confused me too is like, so she's doing her whole arm Tracy thing. They're doing sec- their second base arm trace and she's commenting on his veins and like how nice his veins look. And I was like, okay, veins have blood in them. And later we learn he doesn't have a heartbeat. So like, why does he have veins at all? If he doesn't have a heartbeat, like what's pushing the blood through there? Sheer will. (laughs) Sheer will. (laughs) Magic. I don't know. So Bella, I think she tries to kiss him. It's kind of hard to tell. His breath smells really good, which I still will never understand what this sweet breath could possibly be. And then he's just like, like he just cheeses it right out of there. And he's in the (laughs) bushes. He just catapults himself across the meadow. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting because it's kind of the first time we get to see his speed since the Mm -hmm. car. And it's kind of shocking because they said like Bella blinked and then when she opened her eyes, he was on the other side of the meadow. So this is kind of an open word moment yeah. for Bella. Yeah. And uh, Rachel and I were kind of talking about this a little earlier about, you mentioned there's a, what's the name of the book where it's from Edward's point of view? Oh Night yeah, Sun. Midnight Sun. So of, uh, so like this book, this book is all from Bella's point of view, which is cool because like anything Edward does that his vampire powers enable, like the super speed looks ridiculous to her and almost like instant transmission kind of stuff. But I would love to see with Midnight Sun if from Edward's point of view, does it look like everyone else is really slow? <laughs> and like, how does it work through his point of view? Because I doubt for him, it felt like he just teleported. But for her, it does. Yeah, he just feels like he calmly stood up and jogged over there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I haven't read Midnight Sun yet. I finally got it, but I it's just, it's sitting behind me. You haven't read it yet. I'm really curious to see because the original version of Midnight Sun ended right at the first line Edward in the meta was shocking. So I've never actually read the, the real one. We'll finally get to see what his super speed feels like to him. Probably just feels like fast running. <laughs> What's weird is that him running at like a normal human speed probably feels like he's just barely moving to himself, which must be weird. Yeah, so he he comes back over. He needed to just calm himself down. He comes back over and they kind of chat for a second, but then he gets really mad again and runs away and he, oh wait, no, actually maybe he just stays over there. I can't, now I can't remember. Because he gets up twice and walks yeah. away. It's a little confusing. I think, never mind. I think he just he just puts on the show first. So he puts on a show of like all of his abilities. And he's like, look how fast I am. Look how strong I am. It's ridiculous that we're also really hot and that we smell good <laughs> because we don't even need that because you can't even fight me off. As if you could fight me. As if you could run away from me. It's highly threatening. Yeah. Like imagine a guy throwing your desk and bed and everything all over the house to like play off how strong he is. It's very it's threatening wild. and very scary. <laughs> yes, it's very a lot, but she seems intrigued. She's just like, oh my gosh. And she even says like, I've never seen him more free or more dangerous or more beautiful. Oh, ugh. yeah, I can't. I can't with any of that. It's a weird combo of frightening and awkward because I've never really enjoyed the whole like, look how hot and dangerous I am speech from this. 
Yeah, I don't Especially like it Especially the smell part. I'm just not going to be able to understand that. Yeah, I don't enjoy it either. Because if... I feel like he's made his point many, many times that Bella should be afraid of him. And I don't think he had to put on this terrifying show to get this point across to her. He could have just explained to her, like, hey, I can run across this meadow in the time it takes you to blink your eyes, and I can rip that limb off that tree. <laughs> like, don't scare her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, like, a guy who, like, throughout this chapter, he's saying, like, don't worry, I'm in control. It really comes off like he's not in control. It's not in control. <laughs> I think what would be really funny because from Bella's point of view, she saw him run really fast and stop a car that one time. But then he spent the next several chapters denying it. And then he later on was like, yeah, I'm a vampire. And it'd be really funny if she just like didn't put it together. And then all of a sudden at this moment, she was like, hey, wait, you did stop that car before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's seen this in action before. Like she's aware. And and at that time, he was saving her life. So that was cool. Now he's just doing it to scare her. Yeah. Yeah. So like throughout this happening, he does mention, I kind of want to read the line exactly to make sure it's right. But he talks about- Do your best Edward voice. I, oh man. <laughs> the can you do on. better than Mary? Not I'm sure you can on. do better than me. I can't do that Edward voice. Yes. Try <laughs> your best. Try See, your best. It's hard. All right. I'm the world's best predator, aren't I? <laughs> Everything about me invites you in. My voice, my face, even my smell. And, okay, back to my normal voice now. So, I can't tell a difference. You know, guys, I do my best. You know, I try. But, okay, so this is one of like my, my meta theories after listening to the past episodes and reading this is this... I feel really gives you the hint of like Bella is obviously attracted to Edward, but like everything's telling her she should probably not be with this guy. Even Edward is telling her, you should probably not be with me. But she's like, no, I'm in love with you. We've talked for five days. Obviously this is gonna work. And this I actually think is like one of these small hints of reasonings why she probably feels this way. And it's, it makes me like Edward less because I feel like he knows this because he's saying it. And in a way he's able to kind of take advantage of this like, ability vampires have over their prey being humans to like attract them and become irresistible and what's awkward is he's telling Bella this and she isn't getting the hint that I guess my question is like how much do you think Bella is attracted to Edward or attracted to the vampire that's like created to attract her to him so they can like eat her yeah and that raises the really good question if Edward was a human yeah would she be into him would she be into it well and that's the thing because spoiler alert the only two people that she seems to have any connection with are Edward and Jacob, who may not be the most normal of dudes. May not be the most human. It might not be the most human. Mm -hmm. So this is actually really interesting getting your perspective from this because we usually talk a lot about the other, which is like, does Edward actually like Bella or does he only like the fact that she's different than everyone else because he can't read her mind and he's just therefore intrigued by her and like really curious to know what she's thinking because it's different to him, which is annoying to me because a lot of times I'm like, does he even actually like her though? Is there, like he'll say sometimes things like, oh, I read all the minds of all the other boys. Trust me, like you're fine. But that's not really the same as like pointing out unique qualities about her that he likes. Yeah. He's just like, uh, you're different. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Great. But this is now like, okay, does Bella actually like him or is she just kind of under this spell yeah. that like, yeah, he's he's made to do this to people. And now this he's is... taking 
advantage. Right. This species wow. of vampire, like the vampire species, yeah. has evolved to just attract humans. Twilight's even more dark than we knew. And a part of me, like, I don't think Edward's intentionally trying to do this, but I, I do think, I mean, he's aware that it happens. And I feel like this is a line that's thrown in there and then forgotten about. And I'm wondering if it comes back. I don't know if he can, like, grow facial hair or anything. I was trying to think of, like, is there anything he could do to try to, like, make him look less attractive to see if that would help? <laughs> You're not I don't know. A test. <laughs> like, spray some really gross perfume on him or, like, wear a weird outfit. I don't know. I don't know. Here's some mm. tag body spray. Some what? Some tag body spray tag what's tag you guys never heard tag no no oh man you, so next. in middle school this was the rage we're like early middle school fourth and fifth grade it's this the tag body spray commercials like got all of us it's essentially like the commercial was there's like a uh, jacob black looking guy <laughs> sprays himself with this body spray called tag body spray and then all these girls start like running out of their houses and chasing him because you know that's what, that's what tag body spray does that's a wow you're right that's what it's <laughs> That's why it's named Tag. I never thought about that. <laughs> was it like marketed towards young people or something? I'll say this. The only people I ever saw have this were fifth graders, <laughs> which was me. So it worked. <laughs> okay. Because I remember like Axe body spray. Yeah. But this was like before Axe body spray. I think Axe wow. came. Axe was like the cool seventh grader body spray. Okay. And then it <laughs> was it? Yeah. Yeah. And then it evolved to like, oh, Old Spice is cool again now or Dads aren't wearing it as much. That's our freshman year body spray. <laughs> we're just we're entering a whole new world. It's an evolution. Yeah. I like Old Spice. You know, I feel like it gets a bad rep, but I'm I'm down with it. I think it's fine. But then there was a long period of time in high school where all the girls were like, "We're gonna use the men's shampoo and deodorant because it's cheaper." Yeah, I remember that. That was a and big then you thing. get the like the fruity smelling men's deodorant because yeah. mm. you didn't want to just smell like Old Spice. Yeah, you get it's like Old deal. Spice Tropical. Old Spice Fiji. Old Spice Fiji. Old Spice Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, really? Yeah. Wow. So he comes back over and he's like, it's fine. I'm not going to hurt you. But then he gets mad at her again when she says that she she's like, oh, I'm so glad that you've decided that you're you're going to be chill with me and not try to murder me again. He's just so mood swingy because then he gets mad again. Yeah. He's like, he goes back and he's like, oh, but don't worry. I'm under control. And it's just like, it's almost like he's saying it to himself. He's saying it to convince himself he's under control. And I'm just getting so tired of him, like, just swinging back and forth. Like, just, you've made your decision. Just stick to it. Stop getting mad at her and then being like, oh, no, but it's fine. But I'm mad at you because you're into it. He's all over the place. At the point that he's, I mean, she already knows that he's dangerous. At the point that he's decided to be alone with her and realizes that she's just not going to be acting in her own interest, he needs to kind of just stick to it and stop trying to convince her of it. But then we learn about the whole added level of complication, which is the Bella smells especially good to him, more so than any other creature. Mm -hmm. And he tries to explain this first like ice cream, and then he's like some people prefer chocolate, some people prefer vanilla. And then he says, well, maybe that's not enough. Maybe it's more like alcohol. I'm like an alcoholic and I could resist, but it's really hard to if you put like really fancy brandy in front of me. And then he's like, maybe that's not even right. Maybe you're like heroin. <laughs> where? I don't know where this metaphor is going, but it's not cute. It's not cute. And then she's like,
like, oh, so you're saying I'm your brand of heroin? And he's like, girl, you're exactly my brand of heroin. And that is not cute. I don't like it. No. Mm. Vetoed. Also, with the alcoholic metaphor, she's 17. And like, I don't know, she might have drank something before, but she probably hasn't drank a lot. She definitely hasn't drank fancy brandy. So that metaphor is just useless on her. Well, neither has he probably, right? Yeah, because he was 17 when he turned into a vampire. And he can't drink anything except blood now. So he's probably never had alcohol either. Wait, he can't drink alcohol? He can't drink anything or eat anything except blood. Didn't he eat pizza that one time? Well, <laughs> well, this doesn't taste Sorry. good. Like, oh, I don't okay. think he would have any reason to. Okay. It tastes like dirt. Oh. Yeah, I can say this is a, a segment that we haven't talked about yet on Twi-Fi, but we've talked about it on some of my other podcasts. So let's segue real quick into Fan Fiction Corner, which is where <laughs> I recommend fan fiction. Yay! Although, <laughs> I don't know if I remember the name of it. I'll try to think. Okay, there was a fan fiction I was reading because I was trying to get back in the whole Twilight mood. So right before we started this podcast, I was like, let's crank up the old fan fiction machine and see what we've got here. And there was one that's about one of his siblings, Rosalie. And it's like her whole backstory, but you know, it's fake or whatever. And in that, Emmett was talking about how he enjoyed alcohol as a human. And so as a vampire, he tried to drink the blood of a human who had just drank a bunch of alcohol to see if he could get like (laughs) drunk by proxy. Secondhand drunk. Yeah. And he was like, it didn't work. (laughs) Bummer, that experiment. And I just killed someone. Oops. I get the feeling he can't, but this is actually a pet peeve. I don't know if pet peeves is the right word, but oh, by the way, in case anyone's wondering, that fan fiction was called Vanity and Patience. Feel free to look it up if you want to. I don't really know if I can recommend it or not, but it was fine. It was fine. It was kind of interesting. So one of my pet peeves, though, is that superheroes can't get drunk. Because, like, in a lot of superhero movies, there's a random scene where the superhero gets all sad for some reason. And then he, like, tries to get drunk but can't. Or they have to, like, make some kind of super alcohol for him to get drunk. Or (laughs) he has to, like, briefly lose his powers and then he gets drunk. That's, like, a that's an actual subplot in a lot of things. And I wish that that was a... Twilight thing. You know who can get drunk? Who's also a superhero? Who? Iron Man. Who's on Team Con? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Iron Man can't. Do I have a superhero? You have Carlisle Cullen. Well, he's super compassionate. (laughs) Super compassionate. Compassionate. We'll get to that. That's all you get. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, I have thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so then Bella's like, oh, well, it's fine. I understand that you're trying. Are you asking my permission to kill me? Yeah, and she says it like, it's. she's not taken aback. She's like, oh, are you asking my permission? Like, she's genuinely asking. And I, I'm almost like, she literally would say yes if he said he was asking her permission. And this girl needs to develop some self-preservation because no, no, we've known this guy for weeks. No. At the very least, I could see her going to one of those blood donation trucks and like getting her blood all bagged up and then trying to sneak it out and like give it to him or something. I feel like I could see her doing that. It would be like best of both worlds, right? I get to live. Wait. You get a bag of blood. That's a great idea. Why doesn't she donate blood and just give it to Edward? I There's a lot. I don't know. Maybe because then he would get like hooked on it and then he's a, you know, heroin addict or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So then it, apparently this is super rare, but he says that his brother Emmett has also come across two people 
who've been super smelly good. Smelly good? (laughs) (laughs) You know, been been very fragrant to him. When the smelly good hits. (laughs) Yeah. He explains what happened in the first few chapters from his mind, and I don't understand why he didn't just get up and leave the classroom at the beginning when she walked in. Oh, that's a really good point. Why can't he just, like, oh, you do that thing where you're like, oh, I'm gonna throw up because bad pizza, and then just, like, run out. Yeah, he'll miss a day of class. Big deal. Yeah, he's 117 years old. It's okay if he misses one day of bio that he's taken for, like, the 12th time. I know. It's bad. So, he doesn't do that. Kind of impressive that he sat there the whole hour, but whatever. So, we get some more backstory over everything. He didn't kill Bella in class, and then so he, like, pieced off to Alaska, hung out there for a little while. With some old acquaintances, which we don't really, like, get any more information on that. Okay. Not really. And then he got mad because of the insignificant little girl that kept him away from his family. Ugh, don't yep. like that. Yep. And then he and then he came back, and then he saved her from the car. At first, he's like, well, I saved you from the car because I told everyone that it's just because I didn't want your blood to spill, and then I would give us away. But really, I just thought, not her. And then his family after that was like, okay, you need to kill her now because she's going to tell everyone. What do you think about that? That his family was just like, oh yeah, it's time to kill her. When they're like supposedly vampires who don't kill people. He he says a lot about Esme, his mom figure. He's like, I just didn't want to disappoint her by leaving. So I probably should have killed you (laughs) to keep us safe. But then she didn't tell anyone, which is kind of weird, actually. I, I guess it really just shows that she like doesn't have any close friends. Because if she had any close friends, like maybe if she had known Jacob at this time, maybe she would have told him, get this, some dude saved me from a car and he's pretending he's not a superhero, but he totally is. <laughs> and then Jacob would have been like, whoa, that's crazy because my entire family has this like legend about these people who can stop cars. And they're vampires. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> Oops, I broke the treaty. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we gotta fall in love now. <laughs> yeah. Guess so. And then he kind of like tells her he loves her, but it's not like, it's not really romantic or direct. He's just like, and then the lion fell in love with the lamb. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, oh, it's my turn to say something. Um, well, I mean, like, I'm here, which (laughs) roughly translated means I would rather die than stay away from you. No, 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 girl. Self-preservation. Put it in your vocab. Again, Twilight, not great realism, but good metaphor for very extremely how young people feel in their first love, right? You're like, oh, I'd rather die than be away from them. But not really. Like, like not really die. But she really does. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so one of the things I, I've noticed listening and reading this was, especially with kind of this, like another meta question here of with Stephanie Meyer, that this book, I don't know if it was intentionally written for the audience that made it famous, the kind of like the young teenage girls. But do you think like this pretty obvious unhealthy relationship that's going on here? That's from here, especially now that we're a lot older, these so many red flags of like things you should avoid. But do you think this created like a like an unhealthy view of relationships in general for like the young teenage girls that were reading this book? Since you guys were kind of part of that group that like became what it is today. I don't know. I honestly, I was trying to remember and I don't remember really what I felt about their relationship the first time I read it. I remember being like, this main character is so freaking boring. I don't like these books. (laughs) But I don't remember how I felt about them together. But now rereading it, I'm like, like, red flag, red flag, red flag. Toxic. It's weird because I almost think that it might have done more damage if it wasn't as popular. Like, if everyone read it but didn't really talk about it, that'd be one thing. But because it got so popular really fast, at least half of the targeted
target audience quickly decided, oh, I hate Twilight or Twilight's dumb. And even if they read it, they were like, oh, look how cheesy this is. So it was something that pretty much immediately turned into a segmented group of people who even really liked it. And then the people who did like it, most of that was taking it less seriously and looking at it more of like the franchise as a whole, the movies, the whatever else, and not really dissecting like all the little detailed stuff. For me, the second book is where I thought a lot more of the actual interesting emotional elements came in, but Edward's not really in the second book very much, so there might be some of that. You know who is? My boy Jacob. Jacob! (laughs) So I always thought that this chapter was really cheesy. I always thought the whole conversation about the lion and the lamb and the heroine was cheesy. I didn't like any of that, but I think there's also, it just depends on your view. Like, I read this as a more, like, sarcastic kind of person, so when I read it, even the lion and the lamb stuff is followed up by her saying, what a stupid lamb, and he says, what a sick, masochistic lion, and they're kind of being, like, jokey about it, so I leaned more into that. Even when he tells her that he loves her, she says, my head was spinning at the rapid change in direct our conversation and taken. From the cheerful topic of my demise, we were suddenly declaring ourselves. To me, that's kind of funny that she's still like, haha, we were just talking about my death in a cheerful way. (laughs) She's still being kind of absurdly direct about what they're talking about, which is kind of interesting. That's true. And I feel like this scene in specific really speaks to like the polarizing nature of Twilight. Because it's like, I focused on the things that were like, he's throwing a tree to scare her. (laughs) (laughs) And you focused on the things that were like, this is kind of a funny give and take. And it was funny, but it was just like what we focused on was different. But I mean, I was also, when reading this, and most people, I mean, Rachel and me definitely, just based on, we were the really correct age when this came out of, I mean, we were a lot younger than characters. This came out when we were in like fifth or sixth grade, and then we read it when we were in seventh grade. 2005. Yeah, we read this a couple years after it was out when we were in seventh grade. So we were like just in that early developing crushes on people's stage, not on like legitimately dating. So this was probably the first romance that I actually ever read. That's true. Or like a book based on romance. Basically everything else was adventure or fantasy or whatever. I don't know. I I didn't really, like I wasn't like mature enough to really dissect that. I don't think that it gave me any kind of unhealthy view on relation. Well, maybe it did with my whole gravy thing. So (laughs) I don't really know. I don't really know on that. But I kind of, I don't know if I got that. Now I'm like, oh man, now I'm questioning my whole life. Did I get that from Twilight? Was that just like ingrained in my life? I'm sorry, Mary. (laughs) I really hope it didn't. Man, I think that was, you know, I think that was a Mary original. I don't think I, I don't think I did that. Anyway. That was a Mary original. (laughs) Hey, the good is good and the rest is gravy. Yeah. Anyway, but she does get ridiculous in this chapter asking what she can do to make it easier on him. Like, oh, oh, stop. Just be a human for once. Also, I noticed something. This was like a plot hole. So when she leaned in to kiss him and he catapulted himself across the meadow. So he comes back and they're talking and she asks, like, what can I do to make it easier for you? Like, what happened earlier when you threw yourself across the meadow? And he's like, oh, sorry. It was just like the suddenness that surprised me because people are generally repelled by our alienness. And literally pages earlier, he was like, everything about me invites you in. My face, my smell. Like, which is it? Are are people repelled by you? 
or does everything about you invite them in? Well, I think it's kind of both. Like people are naturally, instinctively, like a little more wary of them. But we've seen that for everyone, like the lady at the restaurant and then for even the front desk lady at the school, like anytime he's like talking directly to someone, they're very all enraptured with him. It's only when you see them farther away at school or something that like no one talks to them. No one sits with them in the cafeteria. I would love one day just someone random to walk up and be like, hey, can I sit here on a dare? That'd be really funny. But they don't do that. <laughs> to the Cohen's table. It's like a new kid. Hey, can I see you? They're like, oh, we're going to eat you later now. <laughs> and then they get to third base because he listens to her heartbeat. <laughs> Yo, that's a nice way of just trying to touch her boob. <laughs> <laughs> with his face. He's just trying to motorboat her. <laughs> it says he puts his cheek on her neck, which is an awkward position. I mean, how close are they? Is he just like leaning over her or is he like sitting in her lap at this point? I mean, I'm not really sure. <laughs> the physics, again, is unclear. I can't really figure out how he's doing this. And then he listens to her heart and there's just, ugh, okay, I here here's the thing. He says, he raised his free hand and placed it gently on the side of my neck. I sat very still, the chill of his touch, a natural warning, a warning telling me to be terrified. But there was no feeling of fear in me. There were, however, other feelings. Dot, dot, dot. Da, da. da. <laughs> She's just being horny, She's right? She's a little horn dog. Oh my gosh. And, you know, they've only just started touching each other. They're only at third base. <laughs> They're only at third base. And we've got a lot farther to go. But Bella, all of a sudden, for someone who's never had a boyfriend, is just like, really, everything's coming together for her. Yeah. Wait till he checks her pulse. <laughs> oh my gosh. The estrogen rush really hit. Yeah, dude, I'm feeling it. <laughs> It's just a lot of like, oh, that was easier than I thought it was going to be. And he asked her how it was for her. It's like, you didn't do anything for her. What do you mean, how was this for me? Yeah. You put your head on my Sounds like a guy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How was it for you? He finishes in five seconds. How was it for you? Basically, basically. I'd say this is just her also getting to like a mutual third base because she's probably not going to really like care about listening to his heart. So she touches his face and it's great. And here's the thing. I understand that sometimes when you're, if you're like really, you know, in love with someone and you want to memorize their, I don't know, I was going to say body, but that sounds weird too. Memorize their features and you want to like, oh, I'm going to just explore your edge of your shoulder, whatever, you know, I get that. I think that's fine. It's just weird reading about it from another perspective like oh I traced his circles under his eyes. Yeah this has never really been my like genre of book. I honestly just feel intrusive reading this. I don't want to hear about the purple socket under your eye and like how it's a nice lilac shade as as she traces it with her thumb. I'm good. So my sister is the kind of person who she'll watch a movie or something. I'll walk into the room and sit there for a second and then she'll pause it and like oh why'd you pause it? She's like because I know they're about to kiss or something. She can't <laughs> handle it. She can't. She's like, oh, I need to like prepare myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's like that. She feels intrusive or something. So I think that's some people are better at, at that than others. Maybe you just need to read this book in the privacy of your own home. Have you ever read a book like this, Keith? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nothing. Nothing like, uh, no. Yeah, no. Nothing. The thing is, actually, in eighth grade, there was this whole undercover Twilight operation that was going on because I owned the books and I had to loan them to people, like guys who wanted to like know what the hype was about. 
but they didn't want people to know what they were reading. They would literally come to me by my locker and be like, do you have it? And I'd give it to them, but I would take the book jacket off and put a Harry Potter book jacket on so people thought they were reading Harry Potter. Oh my God. I didn't even know about that. Now this happened for like, I mean, I say undercover operation. It was probably like three or four guys. It wasn't like that many. Tell us. But I'm not not, going to tell you who it was. It's a lot of people, you know. Let's cancel them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, look, people are trying. They want to know. Yeah, I think that's really cute. I didn't know that was going on. It definitely was. So then Edward has a chance to also be horny. Because <laughs> he says, as you are not addicted to any illegal substances, you probably can't empathize completely. But his fingers touched my lips lightly, making me shiver again. There are other hungers, hungers I don't even understand, that are foreign to me. And she says, I may understand that better than you think. <laughs> that voice you're reading oh, it in makes oh it so God. much worse. <laughs> I may understand better than you think. <laughs> I'm a hundred years old and I don't know what sex is. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got the consciousness of a 17 year old. He should be aware. Look, at least we know they're on the same page. They're both horny. It's good time. Then they decide to run back to the car. Literally. They realize it's getting dark and he's like, okay, now it's my turn to show you how I move through the woods. Because she moves like a potato. So he's like, okay, now it's my turn. So he picks her up and swings her over his shoulder and runs her to the truck in like five minutes. And they describe it and she's kind of just like, it felt like I was in a wind tunnel or sticking my head outside of an airplane. I was kind of just like in shock the whole time. And I would be too. If you're not expecting that, you're not ready for it, that would kind of suck. Yes, but I did some calculations because in the previous chapter, they said they had to go five miles to get to this meadow based on the fact that she went very slowly and fell down a lot. And they said it took hours. Hours, usually I would say it had to be at least three hours, right? Probably more than two. So they were going super slow before, but assuming that it's five miles and then he got back in, let's say five minutes, that's 60 miles per hour. So I looked up what other land animals could go 60 miles an hour. (laughs) You got your cheetah, which can go from like 50 to 80. So in that range. And then a pronghorned antelope can go 61 miles an hour. Wow. So he's, you know, roughly the speed of an antelope. Okay. It sounded way more impressive than the book. It sounded like they were just like... Maybe they only went like, maybe it was only two minutes. So maybe he was like twice that fast. I don't know. I don't know how long it took them. True. Well, I would guess running through the woods feels faster. And like there's more things you have to be aware of and dodge. So if he was maybe on an open field, he might even be able to run faster than he is there. But like woods running would be a little different. He could just it's true. roadrunner style. She gets all dizzy and then he tries to kiss her while she's all dizzy. Yeah, which was kind of a dick move. Let her recover if you're going to try that. No, no, he's got to take advantage while she's, ooh, okay. Let's, <laughs> that sounds much worse. Oh my God, <laughs> we'll forget about that part. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a really great line before he kisses her. He says, I was thinking while I was running, dot, 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 he paused, about not hitting trees, I hope. <laughs> One track mine. Silly belly. I don't have to think while running. Ha ha. So then he kisses her and pulls back. <laughs> And I think at one point she asked something like, oh, is something wrong? And th- his quote is, no, it's tolerable. Please wait a moment. And all I thought about was like, oh, so this must be the vampire equivalent of trying not to bust in five seconds. <laughs> exactly what it sounds like though he's like sitting there trying to calm himself down but not like moving away completely (laughs) so just give me a second (laughs) just give me a second hang on he's sitting there thinking about carlisle (laughs) 
Yes. Give me strength. <laughs> and then he tells her that she's not allowed to drive and that he has to because she's drunk by his kissing abilities. I do like the fact that she is at least brave enough to ask him, like, hey, dude, aren't you, like, affected by me at all and my amazing kissing abilities? Although, like, did she did she actually kiss him? I guess she did. She kind of, like, freaked out and, and started to kiss him back way too strong. And so he, yeah. he had to push her away. That's why he had to take a moment. Yeah, man. Yeah. So he has to, like, <laughs> take a second to respond. But then he's like, yeah, but you know what? Regardless, I still have better reflexes. So I liked that line. <laughs> I liked it, too. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a nice way to finish it. And that was chapter 13. So far, the cheesiest chapter in the book. So bad. What were your thoughts, Keith? I'm a huge fan, man. Okay. Twilight or, Twilight or die. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Great. He's joining the pro side. <laughs> Do I get Keith on my list? Ooh. Ooh. Are you really apparently not going to join Apparently, I was Jacob, but... Jacob's I mean, already on my team. Yeah, you can have you can have Keith and Jacob version. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. If anyone else comes on as a guest star, maybe they'll join the con side. Anna? <laughs> yeah, Anna. So chapter 14, Mind Over Matter, it felt like a shorter chapter just because they were no longer, I don't know, just staring at each other the whole time. We get some kind of interesting stuff here because they're driving home and he's listening to music and he's like, oh yeah, music from the 50s. That was good. 60s were bad. 70s were bad. 80s were okay. But he's like saying it because he lived through it, not like, oh, I just like 80s music. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. She should have been like, okay, boomer. (laughs) Okay, boomer. Oh my gosh. Yes. So are you ever going to tell me how old you are? And he drops it. He's like, yeah, so I was born in 1901 in Chicago. So not 117 years old. It's 104. It'd be 104 from when the book was written. But we're just going to keep saying 117 because it... Because it's it's the number that we have. We picked it. It's going to stick. But just to be clear, we now understand it's 104 and nobody's allowed to yell at us. (laughs) Don't say that. And so they find out some more about his family. Carlisle saved him from the Spanish flu when he was 17 and his parents had already died. I saw this funny meme recently. I think this is like such good timing right now that he died from the last pandemic. (laughs) And I saw this meme recently that was like, it was like a a screenshot from I think an interview with Robert Pattinson when he was filming Twilight and it said, Edward Cullen, Spanish flu victim. And the quote that he was saying was like, for the love of all that is holy, wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. Topical. You know, where is a, where's Carlisle Cullen now. I know. I did like the part, though, when he was mentioning Carlisle found him and was, like, pretty compassionate and saved him before he died. Because it, it, this made me realize, and I never made this connection, that Carlisle's a vampire, obviously, but he's also a doctor and that he must be around blood all day and is somehow able to, like, completely control himself versus you're watching, like, Edward over here having to, like, jump a hundred yards when Bella breathes on him. So I can't imagine just how strong Carlisle is just in, like, his ability to not eat everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get sort of the timeline roughly of everyone else in their family. What they don't tell you here, so this is, I don't know, mild spoilers, but I'll just say it for Keith. Carlisle is like hella old. He's like way older than Edward being like 104 is nothing compared to Carlisle. So he's a, had a lot more time to practice, which is something we talked about in one of the earlier chapters about like why Carlisle's on that 
Forbes fictional 15 list because yeah. he's had like 300 years of being a doctor or whatever to rack up the, the money of that. He's a bit older. What's weird is that his wife, Esme, or Esme, whatever, was the second person that got changed. So the third in that family. So Edward has been a vampire for longer than her, but she's still like his mother figure. I guess because as a human, she was a little bit older. Right. Not much, but a little bit. I thought that was interesting too, because I kind of thought Carlisle and Esme like started their clan together and like made that decision together, but it was really just yeah. Carlisle. That's what I thought. He was just kind of there. He got lonely, so he changed Edward and had a bro. Edward said he thought it was cool that Carlisle only changed people who were dying, like people who didn't have any other option. So Esme fell off a cliff and was dying and he changed her while she was dying. Rosalie, they didn't really say what happened to Rosalie, but not yet. We'll get that dying. later. Yep. Rosalie found, is it Rosalie or Rosalie? It's Rosalie. Okay. They call her Rose sometimes, Rose. which helps. Okay. Rosalie found Emmett, who was about to be killed by a bear and then carried him like a hundred miles back to Carlisle because she didn't think she could turn him without killing him. Yes. Especially because she was only a vampire for like two years at that point. So it was really, she's still a young Oh, one. so the length of your vampire-ness allow you to control yourself more? Yeah, the more time you have around humans, more time to like control it, it definitely helps. So that's why she brought it back to Carlisle okay. because he's been a vampire for longer, be easier for him. And at that point also, I believe the timeline, like Edward had been a vampire for like 15 years or something mm-hmm. by the time Rosalie comes along. So then right after that's Emmett. So all of these people have been vampire for like several decades at this point. And then Alice and Jasper are the last two to come, but they're like super weird situations because they don't even know why Alice is a vampire. She doesn't remember anything from her human life, which is kind of weird. Also, she can see the future. They just kind of throw that in there. (laughs) And they talk about all of their special powers because Bella's like, can everyone read minds? And Edward's like, no, it's just me, but everyone kind of has their own thing. And he's like, Carlisle's really compassionate. (laughs) Rosalie's really pig-headed and it's really strong. Alice can see the future. (laughs) Yeah, I gotta say, like, out of everything in the book that I find ridiculous, this, this one hit home the most because I couldn't believe you just get turned into a vampire. Your brother can read minds. Your sister can see the future and your power is like, I'm nice (laughs) or something. I would be so upset. Like, these powers are not even at all. Like, there is clear OP powers which is Edward's and Alice's and everyone else at this point just is eh. But we also find out later that Jasper has like a supernatural ability where he can alter the moods and emotions of people, calming down people who are restless or making people excited if they're lethargic, which is super good that that's not Edward's power. Because imagine if Edward's like this perfect predator and she falls in love with him. Oh, and he can also just like alter her moods. Ew. That would be really Ooh, manipulative. Yeah. So let's assume that he doesn't do that to Alice because that would be really creepy. Yeah, yeah. don't like that. I- Alice can tell when he's going to do it. It, so <laughs> yeah, she sees the future yeah. when he, he's going to manipulate her mood and she says, no. <laughs> I did like how they don't know what happened to Alice and she has no idea. Purely just based off if Stephanie Meyer ever wants to write a separate series in the same universe. Like I think it'd be a really cool like setup story where like it's Alice's story and then it ends with her waking up a vampire to like the Cullens. Yeah, well, Keith, this is what fan fiction is for. <laughs> <laughs> when you read enough books like me, you start to 
realize things like that, you're like, oh, yeah, there's definitely got to be fan fiction out there where somebody's written this of, like, what her backstory is. So, I, yeah, I don't know really what it is. You find out a little bit more about it later, but not, mm-hmm. not that much. So she definitely could. Hey, she just released a book 13 years after all the other ones, so she can do whatever she wants at this point. Yeah, I mean, she it's can. pandemic. She has got plenty of time to write. I hope she's Feel listening. Feel free. <laughs> also, it seems like Edward's kind of got some beef with Alice because he's like, yeah, but not everything she predicts comes true. And he kind of gets mad about it. He gets super defensive about it and it's like, hmm, it's almost like she predicted something that he didn't like. Yeah. Foreshadowing. You can also tell Bella is definitely already contemplating becoming a vampire because she's like, oh, do you have to, do you have to be dying in order to get changed and stuff? (laughs) Like she's definitely already thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We find out like a little bit about the other ones. He says there's not many vampires. I don't know what not many is, but most of them are nomads. First off, it's hard to not eat humans. And then you have to like travel around so that you don't get caught. And that there's only really one other group like the Cullens, which is the people in Alaska. And that's the people he pieced off to oh, okay. earlier. Right. So we don't know much about them yet, but. Right. And they all prefer the North because they can't go out in the sun without being just blatantly sparkly. So they They try to go places where there's a lot of cloud cover most of the time or just not a lot of long days. So they are northern creatures. So if you don't want to get eaten by a vampire, go south. I have a question. Why, Why are they sparkly? Is there a reason behind the sparkles? Great question. Is there like I think the the two reasons are one she wanted to set the book in forks and like it's a good plot device of like why he can't be outside I guess I don't know and I think it's kind of just stemming from the whole like vampires get burned by the sun but she didn't want to do that so she needed to make up something else instead of that. There's a lot of little subtle nods to vampire lore. Oh okay. Because she wanted to be like okay vampire lore says that vampires get burned by the sun. What is a thing that we could do that would make people think that vampires get burned by the sun because they're not outdoors, but instead we don't want them to get burned. So we'll just make them super sparkly. Still think it'd be funnier if it was something like he turns into like a skeleton or something like that. <laughs> oh, like Pirates of the Caribbean? Like yeah, like Pirates- that'd be yeah, so cool. Yeah, that's what I feel like would be, would be funnier. Something like that. Or what if he turned into like a slug or something? <laughs> Bella's like, no thanks. I'm a werewolf now. Well, Edward in the sunlight was shocking. He <laughs> turned into a slug. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. They're home because by the magic of conversation, Edward has driven home super fast. She's like, oh, I don't want you to leave. And he's like, well, can't I just come in then? We're, we're normal people. Yep. She kind of forgot about that. Also, isn't there a whole thing where it's like once you invite a vampire into your home in old lore, like Dracula, yeah. you can't, the vampire can't hurt you until you invite them into your home. I've never heard that. That's a thing. Vampires, and I think there's other stuff. I think like demons too. It's there's certain things where it's like you have to invite them into your household. They can't just, they can't cross the front door or whatever yeah. until you do. So, I was so like, that's definitely a is thing. Is this a turning point? But then not really. No, because we find out that Edward's already been here before, apparently. Yep. He takes the key from the eaves and unlocks her door. And she's like, oh, how did you know where that was? And he's like, ah, you know, I, I was curious. I come here sometimes. Mm. Nope. Weird. Nope. I mean, it answers, it answers the question about how he got those keys from her jean 
jeans last time. But it's, this is again, it's an exaggeration. This is not cute. This is one of those things that people who hate Twilight always point out of like, guys, don't read the book and assume that girls want you to break into their house. Because it's not, <laughs> that's not cool. That's not, not what we cool. want. And not only has he been breaking into her house, because he's curious, he's been stalking her and just jumping in her room in the middle of the night and watching her sleep. And he says it just so openly. He's like, oh yeah, I've been watching you sleep. And she's like, honestly, not as weirded out as she should be. She's kind of flattered. And I'm like, girl, that is just so wrong on so many levels. No. And if you've been paying attention, this has been what I've been leading up to for the last several I put it podcasts. together last time. Yes, where I was like, we noticed a couple things. First off, the first one was when she says that she noticed weirdly that her window in her bedroom opened way easier than she thought it should have. That's leading up to this. And there were so many comments about him seeing her and being like, oh, how did you sleep last night and stuff when she had particularly restless dreams? Or he would talk about how he can't sleep. And there's just a lot of comments about sleep that have been leading up to this. And now we know it's because he's a creeper. Oh my God. I feel sick. (laughs) I actually feel sick thinking about that. (laughs) But I have a question. And Keith, can you answer this? This is not the only piece of entertainment that talks about guys watching girls sleep in like a positive, not a creepy way, but like a, oh, I like to watch you sleep or you look so peaceful when you sleep or or whatever. Is this a thing? Maybe in movies, but like people are not cute when they sleep. <laughs> I would say this is not a thing. I mean, like if you're taking a nap with someone or like you're waking up in the morning and they're still asleep, like it's nice. Like you'll see them like, oh, they look really pretty. Like they're not, Rachel's great. <laughs> but you're going to stay up all night just like watching someone no. sleep. Like I get bored. <laughs> it's, it's much more uh, Wide if eyes, I wake unblinking. that you wake up before them and then you can like be happy in that moment of like they're, they haven't woken up yet. Oh, but, okay. Well, most of the time also like if you're going to sleep, it's dark. So like logistically it doesn't even really work. But I nor anybody that I would consider normal I think it's like fun to watch somebody sleep. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's exaggerated. There was a period of time in my life like in college, maybe even a little bit in high school, but mostly in college when my, you know, I was on a college sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. People stay up late, you're busy, whatever. So a lot of times on the weekends or during the summers or whatever, there was plenty of times when I would be with people and be like, I'm gonna take a nap and just go over here and sleep. But I feel like their reaction was much more like, great, now I can go play video games for, you know, an hour or so <laughs> while you're napping. It wasn't like, oh, cute, I'm gonna sit here and watch you sleep. So yeah, I don't logistically it worked out, but I don't think that anyway. Yeah. Also, wouldn't that be boring? Yeah. There's not much action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a full eight hours. It's about five watching. seconds of appreciation and then you move on to what you actually want to do. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so also in this, we have a little break for our food moment of the chapter, which is some lasagna talk. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear a fake word from our fake sponsor. Is your stomach growling, giving away your human tendencies? Is your vampire boyfriend forgetting to feed you as often as he should? Then lasagna is the food for you. Easy to make and wonderful for leftovers. Just cut yourself off a square, pop it in the microwave, and let your mouth begin to water as the scent of tomatoes and oregano wash over you. It may not have a flowery scent, but trust us, it's just as appealing. Lasagna, your new brand of heroin. Oh! (laughs) And now we're back. That was good. That was really good. I do have to say, here's the thing. I have a little side story about lasagna. When we were kids, my parents were not okay with picky eaters. They were like, nope. 
You're just going to eat your food. There was no, oh, you don't like it? Go get a bowl of cereal. No, no, no. You had to eat whatever they made. I remember you told me this thing about your parents. Like, when you were little, they told you that raisins were candy, so you would eat them. That's so smart. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, there was definitely that. My parents got so mad when my grandparents gave us, like, a donut for the first time, and we were like, ooh, a bagel. And they're like, no, what do you, no, this is a donut. What do you guys, because my parents had tricked us. Sounds awful. Tricked us into thinking that. Bagels were donuts? So you thought you were getting donuts? No, we had just never had a donut. We'd only had a bagel. And so it like looked, you know, it was a circular thing. <laughs> Same thing. They gave us ice cream. Ooh, yogurt. <laughs> yeah. My, no. My brother has tricked all of my nieces and nephew by he'll freeze. You know, like those like yogurt tubes for little kids. They buy like the Greek yogurt tubes that are like flavorless and just like plain yogurt, Greek yogurt. But they're in the, the fun gogurt looking tubes and they'll put them in the freezer. And for like the first seven years of my nephew, few nieces life they were convinced that was ice cream so they're like do you want some ice cream for dessert and they'd be like oh hell yeah dad <laughs> and then they bring out like just plain yogurt and give it to them and it worked perfectly until they found out and hated them yes <laughs> but it's good yeah i know but my parents they did let us pick one food that was going to be our food that we didn't have to eat so just one thing and lasagna was my choice because i don't know like one time as a kid i had lasagna and i like felt sick because kids are temperamental or whatever so I didn't eat lasagna for like 13 years. I think when I was like 18 was the first time I actually ate it. I was like, oh, look at this. Wow. Lasagna is not that bad, actually. <laughs> it actually tastes pretty good. Do you like it now? I mean, you just made an ad it's for fine. it. It's fine. It's like, I'm not like a go-to lasagna person, but it's certainly not as bad as I thought it was. I should have picked a different food. We're now sponsored mm-hmm. by lasagna, so. We are. Just just generic big lasagna <laughs> is, is coming for us. Big lasagna. <laughs> Chef Boy already is about to run in. <laughs> Yeah, so then Charlie gets home and Edward just disappears. But it's kind of weird because she like calls out to him and he chuckles. So I don't know. He's like within earshot. But Yeah, it's like he turned into a ghost. His ethereal chuckle comes from the, the void. Right. And Bella is not being a great daughter because they've spent this whole day apart. He just wants to talk to her and she's just trying to wolf down her food and get upstairs as fast as possible. Also, I imagine it's like nine o'clock, right? I mean, it can't be that late. No, I think they said it was eight. And she was like, yeah, I just want to go to bed early. I mean, I fell asleep at nine o'clock last night, so like I get it. <laughs> but right, but at this point, he thinks that she's like spent the whole day at home doing chores and homework because that's what she told him that she was gonna do, and like was in and out to the grocery store or whatever. So there's no reason she should be tired. It's just messed up that she lied to him and then completely blows him off when he gets home. And all he wants is to just like talk about her day, what she did. And of course, like that would all have to be a lie too if she were to answer it. But he just wants to get to know her and she's like not giving him anything it drives me crazy yeah i wanted i think at any point i was reading this is the point i wanted to yell at bella because i was I, all i wanted to like say it was like bella this is your dad like if any guy is gonna understand what you probably have all these questions about that you are now asking a vampire it's him <laughs> i mean part of me is like guys can you tell me like does he become more important later on in these books or is this relationship kind of similar or you don't need to answer but don't make me sad because i would love if 
My man, I want to be Team Charlie. He's, <laughs> he's my favorite right Can now. Can I spoil something? I don't know. Sure. Charlie doesn't find out about vampires and werewolves until Breaking Dawn. Are you serious? Is that like the last book? Yep. He's in... Oh. But he does find out, which is good. Yeah, he's yeah. not in the dark for his entire life. Yeah. He, here's the thing. Charlie doesn't become more important, but he doesn't really become less important either. He's always kind of there. I actually... I, you know what? I'll change my mind. He becomes more important in the next book, I will say. He is more important. Okay. He's got a... He's got a hard time dealing with Bella. Bella has a hard time dealing with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm not blaming Charlie for this relationship. I think he's doing like whatever. He, I, I don't know. I feel like if you're a single dad, you've never. Li- has he ever lived with Bella before? Or is this like. No, the- I mean, not, been not like, since she was like two yeah, years old. Yeah. Like, I feel like, at least from my perspective, he's trying to give her lots of space to like get used to the new area and like try to f- make friends. And he even talks about boys to try to see if she has any new news about boys. And like all of this is new to him. And part of me just wish Bella gave him a little more credit for trying and stop and didn't expect him to be like the perfect dad off the bat she's just so awkward she's just like oh dad no oh boys gross but like why can't i it's much like we keep saying with jessica all they want is just for her to just have some conversation because we already know that charlie likes the cullens yeah and yeah. so if she was just like you know dad actually you know edward cullen it's kind of sad because he doesn't have a lot of friends but we're really getting along and we're hanging out and he seems like a nice guy he'd be like oh edward the doctor's son yeah girl <laughs> i love him yeah girl <laughs> get it i feel like he would be totally on board for He'd that be so down for it yeah i know i just think it's funny that he's like oh what about that mike newton kid like he you seem to be friendly with him and she's like "Ooh, no not mike and he's like yeah you're too good for them anyway yeah. i wonder i have two things one is i wonder if we were like 15 and 16 if we would completely see the other side and be like ah oh, come on dad get out of town we don't want to hear like this thought but now that we're older and like we're kind of past the bella's age and like as much as what she's probably thinking about her parents if we think completely opposite and a more team charlie yeah i definitely feel like stephanie meyer is trying to appeal to that like keep things secret from your parents yeah parents are dumb that middle school mindset but i also think that's a stupid mindset to have and it's just annoying so there is a book i don't know if i've mentioned it on this podcast there's this book called forever i think it's a judy bloom book and my mom always tried to get me and my sister to read it when we were growing up because for her it was like the first romancy based book that she had ever read and she said like she read it for the first time and really identified with the person who was like 18. Then she read it again when she was older and she had kids and she really identified with the mom character in it. And then now she reads it and I mean she's not like, my mom's in her 50s but she read it again she's like, no, I identify with the grandma character that's in it now. But the grandma's like more hip than the mom so I don't, maybe that's just like, I don't know. (laughs) I think with this, I do feel nowadays that I'm much more open with like if if there was some guy that I was going to talk about with my parents, I would just tell them, be like, hey, yeah, I went on this date. I mean, I do. I, I do tell them that kind <laughs> of thing now. So I think that, like, maybe that's kind of it. But I was never really, I was never like Bella of wanting to hide stuff or anything. I wasn't very open. I was kind of more along the lines of, like, oh, yeah, I'm dating someone. Oh, I don't want to, you know, I, I wasn't, like, I wasn't very sherry. I didn't want to get into the details, but I wasn't trying to hide it either. Laura then loves to give every detail, <laughs> but it's like, she gives every detail about relationships that don't exist you know like (laughs) oh i have this crush on this guy i've never talked to him let me break down every single thing he said or did today he only eats when the sun goes down (laughs) (laughs) down. exactly so it was much more hypothetical man she's gonna hate that i said that oh well hi laura (laughs) 
I don't know. I, I definitely think it is like a thing that changes when you get older. I never really had that, but I also never had the father. My dad is the opposite of the cliche of like father with the shotgun. He's like father with the, oh, okay, kids. Like he doesn't <laughs> care. He's not going to, you know, what is he going to do? He's not going to care about anything. So I had a friend in high school and he told us he, he went on a date in high school. He went on a date to pick her up for prom or homecoming and her dad was like a marine or something. Ooh. So like the quintessential like tough, burly, fatherly figure that cares about his daughter and then was like a, a sophomore scrawny little white boy. <laughs> ben walks in and the dad's like, oh, your name's Ben? Let me show you something real quick and takes him to like the fireplace in the back of the house and he's like, I want to show you all the swords I have from the marines. <laughs> it starts pulling these swords off like the mantle of the fireplace and like letting Ben hold them. He's like, they're pretty cool, right? Guess what? They're also really sharp, so be careful. (laughs) And Ben is like so scared. He's like, I don't think I'll make it to prom. I might die. And then we won't win states. But (laughs) (laughs) we won't win states. Wow, it really happens. Yeah, and all of us were like, wow. Like Most dads are like, fine. (laughs) They're like, Like, the most they're gonna do is tell a joke. Yeah, they're not gonna like try to actually like scare (laughs) daddy, but he tried to scare the head of it. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember my dad ever doing anything like that. Oh, so I had a friend. It, we weren't even dating. It was just a guy a friend over once. It was when we had the the derecho, like the windstorm that happened oh, yeah. in, when we were in high school. And so like all these trees were falling down. It was like hurricane level winds or more, but there was no rain or anything. It was just wind. Our power went out and I was trying to be like, ah, oh, what do we do? Because this guy's here and it's like dark out and I don't know. It's like dangerous. I don't know if we should like let him drive home. My dad's like, yep, he'll be fine. <laughs> Just him out. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I was thinking like, you should probably stay here. He's like, funny. no. He's like, no, nope, wow. you can go. My dad's thing was when like people would come over for a, to pick someone up for a date, he would call them the wrong name on purpose. Oh, I remember. Gosh. That's so mean. I oh my gosh. I that because as soon as I opened the door, I introduced myself and said my name. And I remember your mom and dad joking like, oh, we couldn't do it. We couldn't <laughs> use the wrong name. We wanted to call you like Kevin. Ke- Kevin. <laughs> They still do sometimes. They still do. My mom will still be like, hey, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. good. That's so funny. And he funny. would do that because my sister's very first date ever was a guy named Matt. And my dad opened the door and said, hi, Mike. <laughs> and my sister was mortified. So now they just do it because they thought it was so funny that she was so embarrassed. So now oh they, they would just do it every single time. That's so good. I do remember I had to write a list for my parents when I was in like, 10th grade and I or maybe it's ninth grade I don't know I wanted to start dating and they were like oh, I don't know you're kind of young and I wrote them a list of like reasons why Mary should be allowed to date and gave them that I don't really remember if they said Do yes you or no what was on it I don't know it was like I'm old enough because it was stupid <laughs> stuff like I have proven that I can get good grades and do my chores and whatever stuff like that but then my brother is over here and he's in you know eighth grade or whatever my parents are like oh that little girl you should ask her like to go to the mall sometime or something <laughs> I'm like, what? He Dave. gets to date, but I don't? What is this? <laughs> Do the Dave. mall. I don't. Okay, That's well, cute. you know, this is back in like 2008. It's Malls fine. were a thing. That's true. Anyway, so yeah, you know, yeah, I just didn't didn't really have the whole scary dad situation. I don't know. At this point, I feel like my parents would be like, I don't know. Can you just get wifed up already? <laughs> <laughs> Move along. Wifed up. Yeah. So she goes upstairs. He's still there sitting on her bed. And then she takes another weird shower where she has to relax. Yeah herself. He's still there and he wants to bang, but she's like 
like, wait, I'm a human. I need a minute to be human. So <laughs> she goes and like takes a weird shower. What is it with her and weird showers? She just can't take a normal shower. Wait. She's she always can't take like, a normal shower. Oh, this is in the last episode. So she took a shower yeah. where she like was in there for an hour and like the water was hot, but then she realized she was cold. It was like really confusing, but she was in there for a long time. Anyway. <laughs> I'm only confused because I guess I've never taken a girl shower before. So I would just assume girl showers are really long to begin with. Well, you got it's more to do in there yeah, but than you do. Nothing. I don't think anything in the chapter made me feel weird about the shower. Well. But also I just don't take girl showers. <laughs> well, I think it's just, it was, this one was more that she was talking about how she had to like let the hot water relax her. And then if she started thinking about the fact that he was in the other room, she had to start the process all over. So it just seemed yeah. really drawn out. I mean, I can do like, I can do a quick shower mm-hmm. if I need to. But to me, a quick shower is like five minutes. Like a normal shower is like at least 10. Yeah. Because there's just a process. You got to do like face wash and your, your hair and then your, all the other stuff. I think I think the part that's weird to me is when I'm in a shower... <laughs> I'm taking care of business. Like, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, you gotta shave. She just, like, stands there. Yeah, oh, I like that. water. I totally like doing that. Really? Oh, yeah, shower's my me time. Like, I know, <laughs> I feel bad. I'm like, I'm killing Earth every second I'm in here. But, you know. Hey, the wasting of finite resources is everyone's business. <laughs> everybody's business. Correct. But I do enjoy, like, sometimes just standing in the shower for a while and just kind of, like, it's the one place where there's no screens or phones or any distraction. You can only be by yourself. Oh, you don't have a TV in your shower? I try. I, I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you're, you're taking care of business in the shower is like one minute. Yeah. Ours is like five to ten. Oh, so yeah. I can make up all that time with doing nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. If we start doing nothing, we're racking up like 15, 20 minute showers. Exactly. That's a lot of shower time. True. It's a lot of water. It's a lot of finite resources. <laughs> Plus, when we were kids, you know, we had three siblings, one shower. So uh... it was like a thing where everyone wanted to time it so that you would be the first person in the shower because you didn't want to be late for school and miss the bus because you had to shower last. Yeah. And so we would like try to sleep in as long as possible until you heard someone else start to get out of bed and then you'd run <laughs> to the shower really fast and try to beat them there. My brothers were so much older. They were gone by the time I like cared about taking a shower. Uh, we lived, you know, out where we had one yeah. water system. Or I don't know what this means. We had whatever it is. It was the kind of place where like if they got mad, they would just go downstairs and flush the toilet and then the shower would get all Ooh, cold. That would do it. <laughs> That's so, pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. It was great going to college and not having to deal with any of that. <laughs> when the dorm bathroom is better. And then I see Keith that you're mentioning here. Why does she have a toiletry bag and have to like carry it around her yeah, house? Yeah, that's confusing. Yeah, it's because there's one bathroom. <laughs> For her and her dad. I was confused about this too. Why can't she leave? Maybe it's like a really small bathroom and there's no space. I don't know. Maybe it's like a little, like a, a circular, like a pedestal sink without like a counter. We don't know. Mm, okay. All we know is that Charlie doesn't hover. I was telling, I was telling Rachel. <laughs> Thank God. I actually like this seemed like a weird thing to put in there. Why would she just not write? She went to the bathroom to brush her teeth. Like why did she just specifically say picked up her like toiletry bag in her bedroom? And part of my guess was I could be completely wrong on this, but if it's kind of of Stephanie Meyer trying to show that like Bella still doesn't feel 100% at home there Oh, yet. wow. Look at him reading at like me, probably guys. the logic I into this. Know. That's like I his third theory. That. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. good ideas. <laughs> 
that's probably more true than anything I was going to guess, which was just like, because she needs to fill up more words. (laughs) (laughs) I will say like some people nitpick books that don't mention going to the bathroom or eating food Uh or like the normal things. And part of it with this one is I think there's this contrast between Edward's not a human and she is a human. So they like put in normal everyday human stuff in order to, which we've mentioned a lot, like going grocery shopping, doing laundry, like she's constantly making food and cleaning or sending emails or whatever. So she does that. Being a potato. (laughs) Right. And so I think that some of it is that, but like, you know what? Props to this book for being one of the only ones that actually mentions like normal human everyday processes because some books, they don't give you any time and you realize it's been three days and they haven't eaten or slept or taken a shower. Yeah. So that's true. Even though they're weird showers, at least she's taking (laughs) showers. So she comes back and there's a really weird part where it says he grabs her by her elbows, like her arms, lifts her up, puts her down in bed next to him sitting. And then he's like, why don't you sit with me for a little while? It's like, well, dude, you just forced me to. (laughs) You know, like you could have asked first. Also just like being picked up by your elbows. It's like he's picking you up like a little kid. Like that's not cute. Yeah. Then we hit fourth base. He he smells her neck. Oh yeah, we got some neck smelling action. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And there's a whole conversation here about how he's like mind over matter. It's getting easier for him to be around her because he's getting accustomed to her scent. Yeah. And mind over matter has always just felt like such a cheesy thing for me. And it's probably only because I knew someone with this like really bad tattoo that was just the word mind. And then a horizontal line, oh, then no. matter. Oh no. Oh, that's the worst. It's pretty bad. <laughs> that's the worst. It's pretty that bad. That ruins Twilight for me. <laughs> they didn't even mean to do that. Sorry to that person. <laughs> I think they're aware. <laughs> so then they talk a lot about human feelings. He's remembering all these emotions because it's been so long. And oh, isn't that, this is how it's supposed to be with first love and stuff. Dang, he's like a hundred. Yeah. I was like a hundred years old and you've never loved someone. Someone. What have you been doing? I guess. Do you want to say hi to Keith? Who is it? It's Laura. Hi, Laura. 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 Hey, oh, don't know where I just look. Where's the camera? The camera. Oh. <laughs> I usually just look over here at the people. I'm like looking down. Well, yeah. It's well, I can't hear them, but yeah. oh, hey. we can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all been talking for a long time. Well, yeah, but this is the beauty of my own podcast. I can cut this out. <laughs> We started hey a little late. Hey, Laura. Hey. Hey. Good. Are y'all at Rachel's? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I saw the, the lights. I see the, the pizza in the background. The pizza. <laughs> I see on, on the other side that whole like mural Tapestry. thing. Tapestry. Tapestry. Yeah, what do we look like? <laughs> <laughs> we look pretty good. Aw. <laughs> okay. Well, love y'all. Love Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs> you just never know who's going to walk in the door here. <laughs> you never know. Well, it's usually Laura or David. I would hope it's somebody you know. Usually. So we're talking about how he's over 100 years old and he's never been in love and i'm just like it's kind of sad it's really sad it's like what have you been doing this whole time has he just not been looking has he not been interested in it or has he truly never found someone that he's not interested in i think he's just really stuck up (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty close yeah i don't know he's just got the checklist and no one is good enough for him must not be able to read their mind must be like heroin to me And we find out in this chapter that, like, Rosalie, his sister, who is the, like, perfect blonde one, was supposed to be, like, that Carlisle found her and was hoping that she was going to be his mate or whatever. And then uh, and then that didn't happen. So they segue into talking about how he, like, is all jealous all of a sudden about all the other boys in, in town. And he starts, he's like, that vile Mike Newton. Like, dude, leave Mike alone. He's de- he, hasn't, he doesn't know he's competing against you. Yeah, he acts, like, aggressively, or at least he's speaks- 
asks aggressively about Mike. And it's like, come on, man. Mike's a human. You're a guy who can rip trees out of the ground. You don't need to be aggressive. I'm not saying it's no contest. I'm saying you need to chill out. But I do think that this is kind of good because it's finally like, okay, he has some actual human feelings for her. You don't want to date a person who's like super jealous, but you want to date someone who's like going to be a little bit jealous. Maybe jealous isn't the right word, (laughs) but you don't want them to be like, oh yeah, no, I'm not worried that you're ever going to find someone else. Like you don't want them to be, I don't know, to feel like you're like a safe bet or something. Oh, like a safety school. (laughs) You're the human equivalent (laughs) of my safety school. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not saying that they need to be jealous, but I'm saying you want them, you want them to feel like... Like you're lucky. You're lucky. Yeah. Well, like you're both equally lucky, but yeah. So that's a little bit more human. Yeah. Oh, Oh, and then Charlie checks on her, which is nice. Charlie checks on her, but I was also like, this is pretty out of character for Charlie. At first when she was like blowing Charlie off when he's trying to make conversation with her, she's like, okay, good night, dad. I'll see you in the morning. And then like to herself, she's like, yeah, see you when you break into my room trying to check on me. When when she said that, I was like, that's not Charlie. He would never do that. And then he does do it. I was like, I don't feel like this is really on brand for Charlie. Well, it's because she's acting all weird today. She's like like, being all horny. You can probably tell. (laughs) I just feel like she's she's acting weird. It's a Saturday. No normal kids go to bed at eight o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. Whatever. He's picking up on the estrogen rush. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Edward hides when Charlie comes in and then he comes back out when he leaves and they're like, oh, ha ha, tricked him. And he strokes her hair from head to waist, quote. And I'm like, how long is her hair? Is this Rapunzel? It goes to her waist? (laughs) Is she sitting down? Oh, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, because they're sitting on the bed. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she just has a really short torso. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Proportions are just weird here. She's all legs, which is why she's so clumsy. Rachel, you used to have waist length hair. Don't even. In elementary school. Still. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely waist length. Yeah, well, I don't know. Edward's kind of weird because he also says that she smells floral, but then he later says it's mouthwash. I don't know what kind of flowers he's used to, but I do not associate the two together. Then he's mentioning Rosalie and Emmett and how they they move to a place and they try to seem young so that they can stay there for a long time, which is why they're in high school, even though most of them look like they could pass for college students or older. And he's like, oh, we'll have to go to Rose and Emmett's wedding again in a couple years. And then she starts being like, oh, is that marriage the same as it is for vampires as it is for humans? But what she means is like, oh, do they have sex. <laughs> like, I clearly know. what they're talking about. I didn't pick up on it at first. She literally asked that, is marriage the same for vampires? And I was like, I mean, would would it not be? Yeah, like, I was they're... also confused. But no, she's really just talking about sex. She's like, oh, well, would that be potentially possible for us, like, one day? And he immediately says no, which seems a little surprising. Like, okay, marriage, but you guys are already dating. It's like, why would that be any different? And then he's like, oh, because you'd be too close and I could hurt you. It's, like, really hard to restrain myself. I could like stroke your cheek and accidentally punch your skull in or something. (laughs) So I definitely feel like she's talking about something other than just marriage at that point. You know, that's also what I would consider to be foreshadowing. Agreed. But the whole conversation is written like two middle schoolers because she's just like, well, I did wonder about you and me someday. 
And then he's like, I don't think that that would be possible for us. Oh, would it, would it be too hard for you if I were close? That's a problem. They're beating around the bush. They're not actually saying what they're trying to say here. Yeah. He's like, oh, I, I've never been with it. Have you ever? Dot, dot, dot. Oh, of course not. I've told you. I've never felt like this. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're 17. Yeah. My mom, I think I remember, my mom gave me like a great piece of advice was when I was in high school. She's, she, I think she said like, if you can't say the words out loud that you want to do, then you should not be doing it. And like <laughs> this scene just reminded me over and over of like, they should not be, like they're, yeah. they are, they have no idea what they're doing right now. And he's 104, 112. He's 117 he's, years he's old. He's really old. And I'm shocked he like can't figure this out or can't help lead this conversation. Or can't talk about it like an adult. Yeah. Yeah. They're so timid around each other. He couldn't even say earlier, like, hey, I want to kiss you. He was like, let me try something. <laughs> like, you can't just, you can't just say it. And yeah. I definitely think if you can't talk about it, you can't, you can't, you shouldn't be doing it. But it, they've got a ways to go in terms of communication. They do. It's just weird. If you just keep thinking about the age difference, even if they're body-wise <laughs> both 17, imagine somebody 100 years old talking to a 17-year-old and like this conversation comes up. Think about it like he's frozen in time, you know? He's just been occupying all these years with reading and hunting animals. <laughs> what so, are your thoughts on the age? I, okay, here's my age issue correct thing. I I agree that body-wise, then yes, he's like frozen as a 17-year-old, obviously. I don't agree that emotionally and mentally that he would still be 17, purely just because like, I'm, I look probably about the same when I was 17, but even... <laughs> I have those extra eight years of like intelligence and just like growing and learning about the world. That prefrontal cortex. That prefrontal cortex helped. (laughs) (laughs) But I would just think like over time, he would get a lot more mature, a lot, lot more mature. And it really does feel like he's still acting like a high schooler. Because he never developed his prefrontal cortex. You develop that when you're 25, right? Or it's finished developing when you're 25. You still like experience the world. I know. And you experience for a hundred years, I would expect you to be like pretty aware of how things, I don't I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just making a dumb <laughs> argument. Okay. Well, I asked Rachel this last time because people get hung up on Twilight and I'm not saying that like this is okay. I'm just saying it's a book and that you kind of got to skirt around the issue. But like, did you ever read Percy Jackson and the Olympians? I did not. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'm assuming you've heard of like Greek myths and yeah. stuff. Yeah. One of the things in Greek myths is that like you've got these gods who live forever and they typically come down to earth and bang humans. They're immortal, so they live forever. I feel like when you put like the infinity next to them and they're they're immortal, it doesn't sound like an age, but they're thousands of years old. That's weird. And so I feel like the weirder part with this is the fact that he's just 104. If he was like 800 or like a thousand, then I feel like, or if they just said he was immortal, then I feel like that would be easier somehow because it just seems like he's a magical creature. But the fact that they're like, oh yeah, I was born in, you know, 1901, it gets weird. I think the part that's weirdest for me is she's 17. That's, that's, that's (laughs) big. Yeah. That's big. If she was... If she was 18, would it help? No. I want her to be like a middle-aged woman who has a prefrontal cortex and can understand that she's dating an old man. And I'll say this, like, this is a great follow-up. Someone's older would have dated other people before, and they would have had experience in other relationships and probably picked up on some of the red flags that we talk about. 
versus somebody this young probably doesn't have a ton of dating experience and may not realize like all these things this guy is doing. Even if he's a vampire and has superpowers, the other maybe slightly more manipulating things maybe things they would or wouldn't pick up on if depending on their age. The biggest red flag I saw in this set of chapters, besides the fact that he's like a dangerous vampire, was that the conversation in which he tells her he loves her, kind of, but he doesn't actually say those words, he also is like mad at her and angry in the same conversation. If someone is doing that to you and messing with your emotions in the same conversation, that's that's a big old red yeah. flag yeah. right there. Highly manipulative. Yeah. 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 I do think, like, I give the book credit, like, it, they're building a, it's a the world building here. Like, I can understand Stephanie Myers trying to, like, build this world, build these characters. She has to answer some of these questions. I do wish if I could, with my zero knowledge of this book, honestly, <laughs> that I was confused of why she chose Edward to be the first person Carlisle turned and Edward being this old versus like what if Edward was actually like 30 years old and was only turned 15 years ago or something and then he was the youngest of the group but now he's the oldest of the whole family besides his his dad in quotation marks and he's like trying to hook up with a 17 year old girl. That like gives me weird vibes but if, it, if she would have written it the other way I think I would feel better about it. That's a really good point. I think a lot of that and I don't know how much she thought out about this series and yeah. whether or not she was going to write more when she wrote this first one but I think a lot more of that makes sense like later on with it helps with Edward being the more mature one than some of his siblings it helps that he's more level-headed about this because yeah his other siblings are in relationships with other vampires they're not like trying to kill them yeah. so he needs some restraint but yeah I mean if he was the same age but the other people were just slightly older than him maybe that would help I've never thought of that look at Keith bringing up all these <laughs> insights that I've just I never know. had I never thought about it that way I've always just been like I don't know because he's Edward <laughs> I'm just happy to be here guys <laughs> <laughs> so I have just to fill out our human vampire base scale which I think I'm going to reorganize based on which one the cheek stroke is definitely still going to be number one arm touch listening to the heartbeat I feel like smelling the neck maybe should go before listening to the heartbeat it's close though yeah, but close. they didn't happen in that order so which they didn't happen but, but people jump ahead you don't always <laughs> you don't always sometimes you gotta leap to fourth base before you do sex I mean don't <laughs> no kiss sex <laughs> no kiss sex it happens I'll, I'll say this was a simple kiss because it was just like a little a little peck for the most part and then we end the chapter he sleeps over well, I mean well she move. sleeps he's there yeah. right he's there watching right. her and so I would say that that's at least like I mean that's more advanced than the simple kiss but I feel like there might be some smaller things in between these two that we haven't come across yet I agree yeah do we put watching her sleep on this scale no. is that <laughs> that's not romantic <laughs> or cute it does not belong on this scale you shouldn't be aiming for it <laughs> all right Keith do you have any other takes overall about Twilight do you have any questions on these chapters oh yeah so would you <laughs> prefer me start with questions or Keith's personal theories start with your questions and then we'll get into okay theories. uh so one of my questions is this is a, a world question on this book are there children who are vampires because this brought me up because if Carlisle's a doctor and he only wants to help people who are dying would it make sense for him to like I feel like children would be especially as a compassionate person would be somebody he would want to save in theory you could convert a child do they do it probably not the ones who are like trying to make a companion you have to think about the fact that yes while they're locked in this age they can experience more and mature but you would still have a period of time where you 
you've got a little child killing machine that might be hard <laughs> oh, to control. Oh, yeah. Did you say like the early years, they're the most like hungry or something? Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. A child's not going to be able to control themselves. The thing about Carlisle is he's not trying to save people, which is why he turns them into vampires. If that was the case, there'd be a lot more vampires. Yeah. When he decides to make someone a vampire, he's choosing to just choose people who are already dying because he doesn't want to t- take the life of someone who is still living and has a perfectly good mm-hmm. life. He's not going to end someone's perfectly good life and turn them into vampire. He's only going to do it as a last ditch effort, basically. But I'm sure he also sadly has to see a lot of people not make it. Who He can't just have like 8 billion vampire hotties following him around. That'd be a cool, cool thing. Though. Okay, next question I have is, did you guys read these books before the movies came out back in the day? When I read the first book, they were filming the first movie, so I knew who the cast was, ah. but the movie had not come out yet. I never picture the cast when I read the books. Okay. I always just, I don't even know what I picture exactly, but it's like, I mean, Harry Potter, I don't picture the cast when I read Harry Potter really? either. I picture like the drawings on the cover of the book is like <laughs> what I picture. I don't really know how to describe it. It's just different. I definitely don't picture the cast of Harry Potter. And this one, it's hard for me because like, I don't really know. I guess the way that they describe Edward is not how I would necessarily describe my like perfect dude. So I feel like it doesn't really, I don't know what to really picture there. It's just yeah. like a hard stone guy. He sparkles. Rachel, do you picture them when you, do you picture the actors when you read the book? I think I picture Robert Pattinson. Yeah. I don't know if I picture Kirsten Stewart because like since it's in first person, I feel like, you know, my visual picture is seeing it from her perspective. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see her face. Plus she plays such a weird version of Bella. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah. I, I think I picture everyone who's not Bella as the actors. Like I see Anna Kendrick for Jessica. I see <laughs> Charlie's actor. I definitely picture Charlie. Yeah. And I do actually for a lot of the Cullens, I picture the actors. Yeah. I do. Edward's just like a hazy blob. Jacob, I picture the actor. Yeah. Charlie, I picture the actor. Alice. Jessica, I don't because they describe her so differently in the book. They describe her as like being really short with like really curly hair. So that's what I picture. Uh-huh. And she's much cattier. Anna Kendrick, though, is one of the people who I think takes the character so much farther beyond <laughs> what they do in the book. And she gets like, she does a great job. She's with that. the best part of the movie version. <laughs> she's really Twilight. the best part of the movies. Well, the two best parts of the Twilight movie are Anna Kendrick and the commentary. So I stand by <laughs> this. Awesome. Commentary yeah. is amazing. Highly recommend. So for for me, at least, I only I only know like the three main actors in the whole movie: Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart, and then Taylor Swift's ex boyfriend. Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner. Yeah, Taylor Swift's ex boyfriend. Poor Taylor Lautner. That's how he's being referred to here Shark in 2020. Boy. It's not Shark Boy. But I only know them. So everyone else in the book, I like, I make up in my head, and it's interesting, like what I think they are, ver- and then versus Kristen Stewart, like talking to them. Okay, hold on. I want to do this fun little thing. Then can you see this picture? <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. All right, I know the first two. That's it. Okay. Who do you think this person is? The blonde chick over That's... here. That's who did we say was blonde? Jessica. Mm-mm. <laughs> Oh, okay. wait, no, they're all, these are, these all, are vampires. all the vampires. Yeah. Okay, the vampires. that's that's the mom. No, that's no the mom and dad are in the back, right? <laughs> yeah, that's them in the back. So you got these these four over uh, here. Right. What's the sister that was supposed to hook up with Edward? You're What's on the right track. Rosemary. Rosalie. Rosemary. Rosalie. Rosemary. Rosalie. So Rosalie's on the uh-huh. left. Alice is on the right because Alice looks like clever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like she can see the yeah. future. <laughs> you got two more. 50-50. Out of the two dudes, which one do you think is the strong boy and which one do you think is the emotional manipulator? <laughs> oh, these are pretty clear. So it's Jasper and who's the other brother? Emmett. Emmett. And Jasper's the emo- 
emotional manipulator. Yes. So he's on the right, <laughs> and then uh-huh. Emmett Strongboy's on the left. Wow. Yeah. Good job. You very easily identify those just based <laughs> on their character traits. That's interesting. They all look really pained in this picture. He looks like he's sick. They do a really good job with Dr. Carlisle Cullen. He though. looks, honestly, he looks exactly how I thought he would look. Really? He's the most one that I think everyone else like looks nothing like I thought. Honestly, I, Alice... I thought that was Taylor Lautner. <laughs> he thought Emmett was Taylor Lautner. Yeah. They they probably look the most similar. Yeah. They've got short brown hair anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, great. I have one. Do you want me to say my last theory and then we can Yeah, go yeah. The... What's your last one? So yeah, I don't know if we wanted to keep this in, but this is a big spoiler, I guess, for the future book. Zzz, plural. <laughs> <laughs> but I've noticed like your potato counts and cooking counts. It's outrageous. And yeah, it's pretty wild. And it is all over this book. And part of me was thinking that I do remember from the Breaking Dawn trailer. Uh, your only source of information. Pretty much. That at one point, Bella has red eyes, which I'm assuming means vampire. So I'm assuming she turns into a vampire later. And part of my theory is that Meyer is trying to show between how clumsy she is and constantly eating human food, like the contrast now versus when she turns into a vampy later in the books and how it changes. And She's like, eat all that food now because yeah. it's going away soon. <laughs> yeah. And I have no idea if this is right, but part of me thinks that. Because I do know, I think Rachel told me she's going to be one of the strongest ones. Because if... she's like a new vampire. She's, oh, because she's new. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good theory. And it also could be just showing the contrast between her and Edward. That's probably closer, actually. Yeah. What I think, yeah. I just don't know how much she planned out at the point when she was writing this, but I definitely think some of it is the showing the contrast there. So here's what we're going to do. I want to quickly, let's go through, because there's not a whole lot here. Let's go through our other segments, and then we'll come back to some some talking spoilers with Keith. First <laughs> off, no no F. Lawrence, because Lauren wasn't nope, in these chapters. This was a solo so, sorry. bed word. <laughs> couple of chapters. Only one food count with our featured lasagna. So that brings our food up to 10. Also really no potatoes. Yeah, no potatoes. And I feel like that was on purpose because she spent this whole time with Edward and he was just like holding her elbow the whole time, you know, making (laughs) sure she wasn't tripping on anything or just like they were sitting in a field or in a car or she was getting rocketed through the woods on his back. She wasn't really moving at all. He was kind of moving her from place to place. So she had no opportunity to be a potato. She really didn't. That's good of her. You know, she didn't trip at all. It's amazing. I know. No potatoes. We're still at 28 potatoes. No potatoes, but a lot of cheesy lines. What was the worst one, in your opinion? The heroin one. The full line is, so what you're saying is, I'm your brand of heroin? I teased, trying to lighten the mood. He smiled swiftly, seeming to appreciate my effort. Yes, you are exactly my brand of heroin. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not cute. No, that's unhealthy. Everything about that just screams red flag. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird comparison. It's the only way he knows how to describe it. Why can't it just be like, your blood smells really appealing? Why couldn't that have been the ice cream metaphor? Everybody loves <laughs> ice cream. I had two, and I just tried to pick some kind of funny, snarky ones because most of the lines were so cheesy. <laughs> At first, when he says, I'm going to show you how I travel in the forest, and she asks him if he'll turn into a bat. <laughs> I like that one a lot. thought that was funny. And then later on, when he talks about how Matt mouth-watering she is, she says, yeah, it's an off day when I don't get somebody telling me how edible I smell. (laughs) 
I have those both were good. Isabella, she does give good. She has some good comebacks, like some quick witty stuff. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, don't worry. They cut all that out of the don't movie. Don't worry. So. <laughs> just makes her, yeah. Keith, did you have a line you particularly liked or didn't like? I have a line I really didn't like. What's that? I will read it. I, I wrote it up. It's about Charlie. No one's talking. This is written like this is Meyer. So as Bella's going upstairs after leaving poor Charlie to be his poor lonely self, as she's leaving, I think maybe this might be an internal monologue or something from Bella, but it just says, every father's dream that their daughter will be out of the house before hormones start kicking in. And I find this so not true about any father I've ever met, really. Like, I, I know a couple fathers, at least, and I find this just kind of disrespectful. <laughs> but it just seems weird. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole father with the shotgun thing yeah. again. It's like, oh, I don't want my daughter dating. <laughs> but do they really care? I don't know. It's almost like Meyer didn't ask a dad what it's like to be a dad before she tried yeah. to write this dad. I feel like this is like a, trying to push on like the stereotypical dad that people yes. think about from like the, the daughter's dad. Especially since everything else we've gotten from Charlie in the last few chapters has been him like, oh, don't you want to go to the dance? Oh, didn't any boys ask? Yeah. It seems like he wants to like set her yeah. up. Yeah. He's so down he just for wants it. her to be happy. I know. So I didn't like that either. You're right. That's a that's a bad stereotype. Okay. So let's plug these in. We're up to 14 chapters. Where are we putting them in the ranking list? Uh. We know they were cheesy, but as a whole, this is not just about how much we enjoyed them. It's, here's the thing. I enjoyed both of these chapters. Even though I was annoyed with a lot <laughs> of the lines, I still enjoyed reading them. And I was also, from a podcast perspective, like excited to talk about them. They were hella cheesy. They're better than the last two, at least. That's what I was going to say. They were hella cheesy, but I felt like we were at least moving the plot forward, where in the last two, we were just talking about Bella's favorite color for 40 pages. Right. So so I would say the closest I want to compare them to is the one that we have currently at 7th place, which is Chapter 9 Theory, because that's another one where it's the one where they're driving home from Port Angeles, and all they're doing is talking about her theories with him being mm, a vampire, yeah. and he tells her some stuff, because it's kind of similar to that. We get a lot more questions. We see what he's like in the sun. He shows off his tree snapping skills. <laughs> He runs really fast. So we get that. And then we hear some more about his family and, and stuff. Yeah. So. And we get like some answers to questions we've had. So I think somewhere in in that like section, I think I liked the second one better because it's not as threatening. It's not as cheesy. It's not as cheesy and it's not as like just openly red flaggy as the first one. So my vote is we put them on either side of theory, but with 14 in the seventh place, 13 in the ninth place. So now that we are, I think at this point, past halfway through the book, Ooh. wow, moving right along, over halfway there, we can run down the list again. First place, chapter six, scary stories. Second place, chapter five, blood type. Third place, chapter eight, Port Angeles. Fourth place, chapter two, open book. Fifth place, chapter four, invitations. Sixth place, chapter three, phenomenon. Seventh place, chapter 14, mind over matter. 8th place, chapter 9, Theory. Ninth place, chapter 13, Confessions, what we read today. 10th place, chapter 10. Oh, look at that. It's still in its place spot. Interrogations. <laughs> 11th place, chapter 1, First Sight. 12th place, chapter 7, Nightmare. 13th place, chapter 12, Balancing. And 14th place, chapter 11, Complications. Of course, you can always find all of these different segments and lists on our website at KowskiCast.com. That's Cow with a K. Now, we are going to move on to one last segment. If you, for some reason, are reading 
watching Twilight for the very first time right now, props to you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and reading along with us. But we are now going to get into some spoiler stuff. So I will say full spoilers for anything book movie could potentially happen. I have a fun thing I want to do. So Keith's never read or seen any of this besides what I've spoiled for him and what we've (laughs) talked about in our podcast. So I want to ask you, Keith. Yes. How do you think this book is going to end? The book or like the whole series? How do you think just Twilight? Just Just Twilight. Twilight. Okay. So my vast knowledge coming into, come and help help me right now. (laughs) From the trailers? Uh, From the trailers. I'm thinking (laughs) of all the trailers, all the jokes I heard in middle school. I have a better question. Oh, okay. What's the plot? (laughs) Uh, I can definitely, that's way less helpful. (laughs) I'm going to say this is how Twilight is going to go. Okay, let me set it up for what I know. That there is no, as of right now, like a bad guy. The closest no closest thing we have a bad guy is actually just Edward. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. There are potential bad guys, which I think will come later. But some of those may be like the nomad vampires he talks about, and some of them may be Jacob Black and his crew of wolves. But I don't think those are coming in this book. So I think for Twilight, Edward's family's gonna find out that he's been hanging out with this human person. They know. Oh, they know. They know. Well, but I don't think I don't think they know that know they're the like extent. dating. I thought they just. Oh, okay. My theory is that like okay. they're gonna be dating and getting closer, and then ooh, maybe like an accident happens. Like Bella cuts herself, and like Bedward goes everywhere. I don't know, but like it hits the fan. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Her hand hits the fan. Her blood, hand goes hits the blood goes everywhere. <laughs> Edward has to like break the school to like control himself. I do think here's the thing. I think it'll be the family, the Collins family, will try to stop Edward from seeing Bella. But Charlie will be down. <laughs> yeah, Char- dude, Charlie's my man. He's the only person I like, I understand in this whole book. <laughs> but, that, okay, family, Edward's family will not be thrilled. There'll be a big blowout amongst Edward and his family and maybe him and Bella will break up for a little bit so he stays with his family or something like that. And then at the very end, they actually decide, no, nah, we kind of like to risk everybody's health and safety for our love, Romeo and Juliet style and get back together. So that's surprisingly closer to the plot of the whole series? Oh, my whole series theory, I think, is spot on. What's your whole series <laughs> okay, theory? Okay, wait, what's your whole okay, series Okay, I told theory? Rachel this. This one, actually, I'm, like, pretty confident <laughs> in my knowledge of how incorrect <laughs> this probably is. <laughs> but here's, okay, here's all I know is you have wolves, you have bad vampires somewhere, but there are probably not a lot of bad vampires because he said nomads, and, like, there's probably not hundreds of vampires, like, in one gang, or that would draw a lot of attention. So, first, end of the first book, as I said, Edward and Bella get back together or like confess their love and are together. Second book, because I know Jacob Black is a big part, like Team Edward, Team Jacob, I want to bet that like the treaty gets broken or like it's found out somehow. And then the werewolves and the vampires start fighting. And Bella switches sides to Jacob because he's the <laughs> man and he's Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend. And why would you not go for that? <laughs> so that happens. Then book three, they're still fighting the two families, but bad vampires come into town. I don't know if it's like nomads or like a secret group or other vampies, but they come into town and wait, yeah, they come into town (laughs) and it forces an alliance between 
the werewolves and the good vampies. And Bella switches off Team Jacob back to Team Edward because, you know, plot. So then book four happens. And book four is the alliance of werewolves and good vampires versus these bad vampires. And they're good and it ends. And I would guess Bella stay stays with Edward because that might be like one of the things that like I heard. So I don't want to like pretend that I am like guessing on that. I feel like something about that makes me feel like that's right. But um, okay, you are surprisingly you spot on. <laughs> so your whole thing about book three, about the, the vampires and werewolves fighting against bad yeah. vampires, spot on. That's entirely oh, book hi. three. That's what happens. Wait, so what's book four? Is that, Am I close on book four? Uh, not as much. Book four is the, the one that deviates a little bit more because that one's all about Bella and Edward's marriage and then a vampire baby. So what? <laughs> Yep. Your favorite. Get excited for that. That's intriguing. Anyway, and it's not exactly a human who's been turned into a vampire, so it's kind of weird. It's a whole weird thing. But book two is where you're more off. Here's the thing. Book one does, in fact, have a bad guy. They haven't shown up yet, but we're getting close. Yeah, there's an antagonist. There is an antagonist who's going to be in book one. So now that you know there's an antagonist, who do you think it is? Have, Have I met them yet? No. I think it's... So we haven't met them, so it's not Jacob and his dad. No. I would guess it's a bad vampire or it's a human that's going to find out. That's not Bella. What if it's Charlie? (laughs) No, Charlie's pure. He's a little Charlie horse. Charlie's secretly like Van Helsing with like tons of sticks and like... Like garlic. garlic fields. <laughs> so it's gonna cross over with Buffy the Vampire there Slayer. We go. Yeah. No, there there are yeah, there, there are some nomad vampires who show up soon. Okay. I'm excited. Which is interesting. Now, the part you had about Edward's family though, not really supporting it, is also close. And also the thing you said about Bella hurting herself and Edward needing to like control himself is also close. That's all book two though. That's oh. the one where you're more off. The very beginning of book two is all about like Edward's family not necessarily being able to control themselves around her which causes them to leave town wow. for almost the whole book, which is when she switches sides to in. the werewolves. Oh, man. You were right about switching camps, though. I think that's a thing where, like, Team Edward, Team Jacob, it made sense in my head of, like, she must switch at some point or there must be some conflict of her between them or that meme wouldn't make sense. <laughs> is that a meme? Sure. So I have a question. So for the werewolves, if you get bit by one, do you turn into one or is it, like, inherited? It's inherited. Oh, so, like, they could go extinct a lot faster than vampires? So werewolves are, they're specifically this one tribe of Native Americans and they're also sort of, like, they're the natural enemy enemy of the vampires, so the fact that the vampires are in town is why there are werewolves. If the vampires weren't there, they probably would just, like, grow out of their werewolfness, and it would die Whoa. out. Wait, I don't remember that. Really? Yes. So it's kind of, like, cause and effect. So you're only gonna yeah, have werewolves if there are vampires around in that tribe. Yes, and I don't think the show gets into the, like, breeding of werewolves, like, how that yeah. works. It's basically just, like, the great-great-grandparents. The reason that the kids, like Jacob, don't believe in the whole werewolf thing is because it's been a really long time since there have been werewolves here because the Cullens just moved to town like two years ago. So they don't believe it yet because it hasn't happened yet. But it did happen hundreds of years ago. The last time the Cullens were in town. Or like not hundreds, but like probably like 60, 80 years ago was when the Cullen family was last here. So that's why he didn't really care about the treaty and just like telling it immediately to Bella because he doesn't really like believe it the same way. Yeah, he doesn't believe it (laughs) yet. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Anyway, so there's a lot. Look, if we ever get through Twilight into the other books, you're welcome to come back on with new theories. Then you can predict how New Moon ends, predict how Eclipse ends. I don't remember how Eclipse ends. I can't remember anything from Eclipse. (laughs) 
Eclipse is kind of a blank spot for a lot of yeah. people. Because mostly just because the last one is such a weird book, but Eclipse is the, definitely the, the third sibling of all of them. So <laughs> The middle child. The middle child, yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Keith. Thank you, guys. It's yeah, been you. so much fun talking with you, having some fresh blood. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And it's it's fun bringing on people and, and indulging ourselves in our talk of high school because that is part of why we did the podcast. It's the best part. It's the best. Reminiscing. It's funny listening to you guys because I'm like, ha, huh, I know that place. <laughs> I know that story. I was there too. <laughs> yes, exactly. But that was that was it for this chapters. Next time we're going to be diving into some of my other favorite chapters. The next chapter titled The Cullens. So we're going to get some more of them, which is really exciting because I can't believe that we are 312 pages into this book and we've really only met Edward and then Alice said one word. Yeah. And that it's was about it. Time. It's about time. Mm-hmm. Tired of getting just mean looks across the parking lot. We're going to actually get some <laughs> stuff there. All right, everyone, feel free to send us comments and questions to our website or on Twitter at KowskiCast. That's cow with a K. You can follow me online at Frail Mary, and you can follow Rachel at Stukin, that's S-T-U-U-U-K-E-N, on Twitter. And thanks, as always, to Will from America for creating our theme song. And if you enjoyed the podcast, drop a five-star rating on iTunes to help other people find our show in the future. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week for our rereads of Chapter 15 and Chapter 16. For now, we're the KowskiCast. That's right, Twihards and fellow haters. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Sweet. How long was that? Oh, wow. How, really, how long wow. do you guys usually go? Every morning when I wake up, I ask myself if I'm Team Edward or Team Jacob. But a part of me says that Twilight is dumb. Lasagna. <laughs> Lasagna. Lasagna. <laughs> Sorry. Lasagna. Haha. Ha. Slap your butt. Eight billion vampire hotties. <laughs>